0: Hi everyone, Angela here. I wanted to pop in real quick and let you guys know. Today we're talking about uh, Bella Brujita's new podcast, The Haunted Insider. It was supposed to come out tomorrow, but Bella, being the thorough uh, history nerd that she has recently uncovered some more information about her topic, And she wants to make sure she's thoroughly researching it and uh, adding it into the podcast. So, the date is now May 5th for the launch. Don't worry, I'm still going to share it everywhere. So, keep your eyes out. But it won't be tomorrow, sadly. we got to wait a little bit longer. But still. Otherwise, enjoy today's show. Hello, goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of My Haunted Life Podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. How is everyone doing today? Are you taking care of yourself? Can you believe that the month of April is already freaking over? Last year, it seemed to take forever for April to be over, and this year, it kind of feels like I missed the whole thing, which is weird. I haven't stopped. Uh, on today's podcast, I have the honor to have my paranormal sister, Bella Brujita, back on. She was the one that I did the Molly Brown House episode with. Uh, she's releasing her very own podcast coming out tomorrow called The Haunted Insider. We talk about the podcast, how Bella got into the paranormal and so much more. So let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea. Make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. So, yeah, might as well start. We've been bullshitting for quite Forever. some time at this point. <laughs> but we always do, so it's fun. So, today I am on with, like, best friend of the podcast, my girl, Bella Brujita, is back! Oh, yay! Hey, guys! Uh And... Most importantly, you are back for a very specific reason. You're starting your own podcast!
1: Yes, I'm so excited. Um, It debuts April 30th, mm. and it is called The Haunted Insider. Where did you come up with that name? Um, my mom, actually. Really? She helped me figure that out. And she did the art, which is so cute and so adorable. She's like... If you wanna use a professional one, I understand. And I was like, no mom, I'm using your art.
0: That makes my heart <laughs> so happy. She's a sweetie. I love so. that. So uh I mean the the podcast is called The Haunted
1: Insider. But what is the podcast gonna be about? Um, I'm combining all of my passions into one. So um it's mostly about terrifying paranormal tales but also with history and like verified history facts. Cause I hate nothing more than going on a ghost tour and asking the guy, where have you gotten these stories? <laughs> and they can't answer you. That's a problem. Or once I interviewed for a haunted tour company here in Denver and I asked them in my interview, where do you get their stories? And the guy literally said, we made them up. <gasps> and uh, I was shocked and angry cause I went to college for a history degree. So I'm all about verifying those facts. So I think that's what sets this one apart is it's a lot of history, but then I interwine those spooky stories. See, that's, that's the shit I like, obviously. And
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of the Mm -hmm. reasons why we really clicked. Um, uh, The last time you were on, we did Molly Brown House. But before we recorded, you had to show me your little brothel book. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this is so book. cool. Tell everybody about the blue book. Cause it's, it's just one of my favorite, I think, items that you have <laughs> that you've showed yes. me.
1: So I wrote my um, junior thesis on Western prostitutes and yes. prostitutes of the West. So friends periodically give me the blue book, which is actually specific to New Orleans, but it's a guide to the pleasure districts of New Orleans and there was a book here in denver um it was actually green and i'm trying to track down a copy so bad like i hunt each antique store i haven't gotten one yet but someday someday i will so everybody look for the the, the green book <laughs> the green book in denver yeah and it debuted in 1893 they have this huge convention at the oxford hotel which is the oldest continuous hotel in denver it beats the Brown Palace by a year. Nice. But what they gave everyone who came was like a basket of beer because of the Tivoli, which was in Auraria. Okay. And then they gave all the gentlemen the little green book because Market Street was our pleasure district and it's a hop, skip, and a jump from the Oxford.
0: <laughs> Marketing. Marketing's amazing.
1: Marketing for Market Street.
0: <laughs> ah, I saw what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh let's uh let's talk about you well let's talk about the podcast more a little bit what is the first episode gonna be I mean I know but still
1: um the first episode is focusing on Cheeseman Park because we've had so much growth in the last four years I don't think all of our new residents understand what Cheeseman was yeah which was Denver's oldest cemetery called um Mount Prospect Cemetery and Because of mistreatment of the grounds, there's still 2,000 bodies underneath that park. (laughs) It is so weird. It's weird. It's creepy. I love that park. I love hanging out with my friends. But there's a part of me that's always uneasy just because I'm in the know. Mm -hmm. know? I can't relax. And um, in 1902, Denver basically ran out of money on how to deal with the former um, Mount Prospect Cemetery they'd been swindled by a man named McGovern and they still had 2,000 bodies to deal with so rather than actually remove them they just flattened the land and turned it into Cheeseman Park <laughs> so um, oh. it's about the different spirits there because there's quite a few and the different um, facelifts it's had throughout the year the years
0: No, it it's a really odd one because it because cheeseman i don't want to say borders or connects but is close to the botanical gardens correct
1: it does border okay. you are correct and what's interesting is the botanical gardens was actually part of mount prospect cemetery and it was the catholic part oh. and it was called mount calvary that was their name for their section and the archdiocese held on to that land till 1950 when the city of denver was like hey, people still aren't buried here, but can you give us the land? So in 1966, they broke ground on the Denver Botanic Gardens. Huh. Mm -hmm. So it's the Catholic part of the cemetery.
0: Now, you might be able to know this more. You might be able to explain this better to me. I've always heard a rumor in the Botanic Gardens that there is a hanging tree, or at least a gallows tree, or somebody was
1: hung in a tree. It wouldn't surprise me, um, just because if you look into early Denver, we were absolutely the Wild West. Oh yeah. Which is hilarious because they tried to change our image in 1970s. <laughs> like we lost 70% of our Victorians because they wanted us to become the Manhattan of the West, which is frustrating. Oh. You can't erase our history. So the first man I know that was buried there was Jack O'Neill. Okay. And that's why the cemetery at one point was called Jack O'Neill's Ranch, which I think is one of the best names ever. <laughs> and I'm glad you like brought that. up the hanging tree, because in my research, it was said he was hung nearby, but it didn't specify where. Oh. So maybe there's a tie there, and that might be the hanging tree. There
0: you go. Because I know, uh-huh. uh, I know they do they do ghost tours through the botanical gardens.
1: Yes, my old boss actually created the ghost tour for the Botanic Gardens, and I'm going to do, it's just you and I, but I'm going to plug this commercial. This is the best book ever on hauntings (laughs) in Denver, and it's called The Haunted Heart of Denver, and it's by Kevin Ferris. His name is now Kevin Snow, because he married his husband, but um, this book is where you can find all of your information on Denver. And so he was actually asked by the Denver Botanic Gardens to create a ghost tour for them. We should go. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a friend, Mike, who worked there. And the scariest part of the Denver Botanic Gardens is the Waring Mansion, which unfortunately is not open to the public. It's where they have their admin offices and whatnot. But there's stories of demonic stuff in the basement, like bad stuff. And that makes sense. Basement, old cemetery, (laughs) right there. (laughs) I mean, it writes itself at that point. Yeah. So um, the Denver Botanic Gardens are definitely very active. In particular, um, in the classrooms in the basement of the main building, the more modern one that was built in the 60s, there's a little boy who's said to be kind of a prankster. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm
0: yeah we're gonna have to go we're i mean i mean we're i know we're like compiling this list of places we're gonna go together denver trip
1: you have to come up
0: and <laughs> i'm gonna take you we're gonna do you're gonna do denver i'm gonna do manitou it's gonna be fun i love it i'm so excited um, all the ghosts <laughs> what else can people expect from the podcast
1: i um, definitely focusing on that history, but not in the boring way. Mm-hmm. So um, down the road, I really hope to get more into cryptids because they are a yes. passion of mine. I feel very confident in my ghost knowledge because mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with ghosts my entire life. But cryptids, it's more of a love and I'm going to actually reach out to cryptid specialists so that they can talk. So I'm going to interview people like you do on your podcast so that we can hear straight from the horse's mouth.
0: I am totally going to steal your cryptid guess. I'm just going to throw it out there. (laughs) Do it. I mean, I feel like that's one of our other weird bonding things is, yeah, we have all this ghost stuff. We have, you know, our own experiences, but
1: freaking cryptids.
0: There says something
1: about them. My favorite burlesque act I do is um, Mothman.
0: No! Are you serious?
1: (laughs) So I have a Mothman act and, um, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Sarah Serenatum, beautiful singer, sings Roxanne, but we tweaked the lyrics a little bit to Mothman and it's my favorite act I've ever done (laughs) because he's been my favorite cryptid since I was this big. Um, in high school, I made a Mothman sculpture that was like toward the state of Colorado because they thought it was really good. So mothman all the way
0: <laughs> oh my god that's so cool mm-hmm. oh my god because i've been wanting to do a, a mothman burlesque but i can't now i'm like crap not with a life singer no never mind, <laughs> never mind I'll take it back but then, no that's freaking awesome holy crap mm-hmm.
1: i would like to i mean the beginning of the podcast still in the works is definitely going to focus on colorado because mm-hmm born and raised that's what i'm comfortable with um i'm also going to branch out into wyoming where my family's from but i want to get even further out there but i i want to make sure all my sources are correct and the research is properly done because
0: i'm a weirdo like that (laughs) no I, i mean i completely understand it i'm the same way and oh man for a fun side project the research man Oh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh. Makes that history degree
1: semi-worth it,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, oh. You, you like how I'm like, eh, maybe. But,
1: maybe, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, the debt says otherwise, but you understand.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Let's go back to you a little bit. How, how did you get into the spirits and the spiritual realms and paranormal and all that good um, stuff?
1: It definitely runs in my family, Uh, more so on my mom's side. Uh, Her mother was Welsh American. And so I think that's a lot of the old school site. But my mom had sight in Mm. college. And she grew up, born and raised Cody, Wyoming, 50 miles outside of Yellowstone. And she went to college in Laramie. And she would tell me these stories where, like, she would work all night and then leave to go home on Thanksgiving at, like, 8 p.m., And of course, it was before the highways were finished. So she'd have to take these sketchy ass back roads from Laramie to Cody. And she'd talk about seeing wagons crossing the road in front of her. Oh, and I would just beg her to tell me all of her stories. She also encountered um, a Native American woman in a small town. And so she had a ton of stories. And then my dad, born and raised Irish Catholic, very frightened by anything paranormal also had a really good story from Montana where he saw a full-bodied apparition in Red Lodge and he was driving really late at night because he worked for I don't know if anyone's our age and knows (laughs) what Mr. Steak was but my dad was very high in the Mr. Steak franchise and so he would drive around to the different locations to fix failing restaurants so Hmm. At this time, he was in Montana. I was staying with my grandparents and my mom and Cody, and he just wanted to get to us. So he decided to pull an all-nighter while he was driving. And in Red Lodge, the cemetery um, was cut by the highway. Oh. So he's pulling up. Interesting. And there is this woman walking across the road at like 12 p.m. And he gets really freaked out. So he pulls over and he's going to offer her help, gets out. And she just looks at him and he says, can I help you? And she just keeps walking and he thinks, oh my gosh, it's so late. I'm seeing things. And he starts rubbing his eyes, gets back into his car. And then she is behind his car, looks at him and walks straight into the other side of the cemetery. <laughs> and he drove the four hours from Red Lodge to Cody in about two and a half. because <laughs> He was speeding the whole way.
0: I literally just broke out in chills.
1: Holy Mm shit. So these are the stories I'd ask for my family. Like, tell me ghost stories. Tell me ghost stories. And my poor daddy hates us. He's so scared because he's had one of the best, you know, encounters. Yeah, that's like what people dream of. (laughs) Except for him. Of course, that's (laughs) who always has those encounters. And um, my first one that I can remember, I was about three years old, again in Wyoming. It's a common theme. And my parents took me to, um, I believe it's called the Wagon Box Massacre, but it was um, where Native Americans attacked a group of pioneers. And when I was little, the wagons were still in a circle. Now they're decrepit and gone. But we went to this site, and um, I remember seeing four Native Americans on horses up on a plateau, and one had acoustic, and it was so clear to me. And I wanted to run to them. And my mom's like, where are you going? And she's holding on to me. And I kept saying, because I wasn't as politically correct as I am now, Mom, I want to be with the Indians. I want to see the Indians. I kept saying that over and over. And she just thought I was crazy. But now that I think back, I think it might have been a residual haunting that I was, in fact, seeing because it was so clear to me.
0: Oh, man. No, that's a
1: good good first encounter right there. Yeah, and I'm what you call um, a crappy medium. (laughs) See, I (laughs) I love
0: this. You've told me this. Explain what you mean by crappy medium.
1: So I worked at the Molly Brown House from age 13 to 31 um, on and off. So that's a huge chunk, and that place is incredibly active. So when I walk into a building and I feel the same feeling that I would at the museum, it just wouldn't register with me. Like, to me, it was the norm. Until I was away from it for about this last year and a half where I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is what hauntings feel like. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely what I would call a spiritual empath where I can walk into a room. I can sense where the spirit is and how they're feeling. If they're angry, if they're scared, if they're happy, I know exactly where they are. But sometimes they want to talk more, and what they'll do is they'll say their name over and over again, and I'll hear it in my head. And once I acknowledge their name, then it's like the floodgates. They just start talking a ton. So it's like tuning a radio. Sometimes it's really clear and really on, usually after I've had a few drinks. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it's just static, and I'm not very good at tuning it in or pinpointing it. So what is your favorite
0: spiritual drink of choice
1: um well my burlesque side I always get amaretto soured <laughs> which is stupid because I get heartburn but I love them so much <laughs> um and I love breweries breweries are my favorite okay. drink ever or places to go so and that's I would like to have that on my podcast have booze and brews yes. and just hop around different haunted breweries
0: Oh my god, Uh, Rain, the one that's been on the podcast. She's the one that set up all the Thompson stuff. That's what she wants me to do is start doing every because I do the oddity shows and I travel around, but like find as many haunted bars as possible, kind of
1: thing. That's I think those are untapped sources because if it's an old bar, you have a lot of activity there. Yeah, it's where they were comfortable, where they felt at home. You know, they leave a lot of themselves there. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: there's also, you know, the horrible negative side of that, too, is, you know,
1: what happens when some people get to drink it.
0: Not good things.
1: (laughs) Not at all. So, I think those are very untapped sources. Mm -hmm. People don't think about bars as much, but super
0: haunted. I definitely feel like out here, too, we have, like you were saying, the Wild West aspect of all of it. Mm-hmm. And that I, I know it sounds cliche, but literally gunfights happened all the freaking oh, time. Yes. And all almost time. every bar is still a bar, in no some way, shape, or form.
1: And they got the story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Denver, like, we were so rough and tumble that our first government meetings were held in saloons. <laughs> like that's how Denver started out, um, along with our first printing press. It's like smack dab in the middle of the Cherry Creek. So
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. We are
1: the West to to a, a team.
0: Uh, I think Cripple Creek was similar with uh, uh, town hall meetings being in the bar. Oh no. You uh-huh. frozen. Okay, are you
1: good. Okay,
0: you're good. You're good. Yay. <laughs> I was like, oh no, oh no. Um, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, cause we've been having some technical issues. Uh, when we went to first start recording again tonight, uh, you were talking to someone. Who is this someone?
1: Oh, that's Tawny. She's my resident ghost here in my apartment and why I got my apartment for so cheap. It actually sent vacant for like seven months before we came along. (laughs) And, um, the first time I met her was at our showing and I was actually looking in that closet back there, which you can't tell, but it's huge. Like it goes back. It's a walk-in closet. Nice. And, um, when I opened it up, I like went around the corner and I was like, what's here? And she was hiding and I scared her and she scared me. And again, I couldn't physically see her. It was my shitty mediumship where Mm -hmm. I'm like, I walked into this cold gust and I was like, oh my gosh, someone's here. And I just scared them. So like, oh, I ran no. out right away and she was freaked out because she was hiding. And, um, I told my roommate that at the time, like, I want this space. And so, um, the first time she really made herself known, I was not particularly happy about, but I had, um, my, what do you call that? Over there, where you put your makeup on. My be uh, set up with my yeah. skull lights. And I was sleeping, and she started pulling off one of those skull lights one by one and plinking them on the, the table. So it was making this terrifying sound. And it was like after midnight, and I sat up, and I had a talk with her, and I was like, I honor that you're here, and this is your space. But it's my space, too. So my rules are you have the run of the house till 9 p.m., And my bedroom is mine till 9 a.m. And after that, she really followed it. And she was cool with it. And um, she would get really angry anytime her house was messy. And she'd make herself known by little bangs and knocks or messing with my then roommate's music. Oh, no. (laughs) And then um, if you keep it, like, clean and nice, she's really quiet. And I haven't really had her around in about a year. It's kind of sad. I miss my ghost for me. Mm-hmm, Good. but I got that her name was Tawny. Um, she passed away very early from a drug overdose, mm. and she liked this location because I'm really close to what formerly was the Rainbow Music Hall, oh. and she was like a disco diva, so she loved being that close. Now it's a Walgreens because, you know, Denver. Oh, that's they flatten point. anything of value and build crap on top of it, so... <laughs> She was very proud of this apartment, kept it pristine. It was her pride. And so, yeah, um, there's also stories like there's a courtyard and we have other units on the other side. And that's like the bad haunted side. But um, I'm not too close with my neighbors. So I just hear like of a lot of poltergeist activity, but nothing Ooh.
0: more.
1: Interesting. And the unit across from mine, um, no one stays in there very long usually about six months and if couples go in there they break up and they have a lot of like audible fighting where you can just hear them at night yelling at each other so I think that's kind of interesting
0: huh Mm -hmm. that's the no I found that very interesting because sometimes you just you get that vibe you know Mm -hmm. there there was actually an apartment here in Mantua we looked at one time and we walked in I immediately had this horrible sensation. I didn't know (laughs) what it was. Jordan got the same vibe, but he's not as open, or at least not honestly open about things spiritually. And we went out, and what they did, they set up a showing where there's a ton of people there all at one time. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, everybody's mad. Like, as soon as everybody left... Everybody is, like, angry and upset. Like, the whole group was. And so everybody, like, splintered to hurry up and try to get their application. And before the other one, it became this big race. And Jordan and I are sitting there going, like, trying not to kill each other. I was like, this is freaking weird. This is not our place. Holy crap. Because there was, like, nothing. No reason Mm -hmm. for it whatsoever. that Everybody lost their mind. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I went across
1: the way. There's places where energies are just bad, and you don't know why. Yeah. Like, I went to college at Regis University, which is pretty old and creepy here in Denver, and there was this one house where fights always broke out, and um, it was one of the party houses. It was the soccer house when I was there. Mm. But I had a friend who lived there and talked about all the weird stuff going on, and I was so scared of it we called it the hooker house because t- <laughs> it was on hooker street uh, but um there was this one time she went to go put on her soccer uniform and there was ectoplasm all over it what and she thought yeah she was like this is gross so she put it aside put on a different uniform and she got so busy with college because college, college until the only uniform that was left was that messed up one. And she put it on and went to play a game, and she was so injured that she could never play again. And then another student who was a friend of mine, he lived in that house. He went to play a soccer game um, and got injured where he needed a reconstruction surgery of his jaw and skull. Oh, my God. And so it was like a really – and his personality just – flipped from a really fun, loving guy to something bad. His eyes even kind of changed. It was Ugh. really creepy.
0: That almost sounds like an oppression kind of situation.
1: Yeah, and, like, there is similar things that was, like, because um, everyone who lived there was of Irish descent because I went to a Catholic university. So, yeah, you know. but um, what are those? Elementals. Mm. They had a lot of stories that were, like, elementals there. Mm. So. Mm-hmm was so really
0: sense. creepy, I'm pretty convinced that's what I have in here, yeah, but he he's kind of chill.
1: He's like, whatever, as long as it's a good one, they follow families like banshees <laughs> right mm-hmm.
0: i I think this guy's just connected to the the ground around me.
1: Is this like whatever Oh well whatever. you're living in the so. most haunted part of
0: Colorado, <laughs> I know, right? Mm. Fun thing. so, what would you say? Is your favorite paranormal experience
1: that I've had that you have had okay well we didn't talk about this on the Molly Brown episode but oh. we're gonna talk about it ah, but okay. um, they moved the Kirkland Museum which literally used to be right behind the Molly Brown House Museum that's where the original studio was okay And they physically picked it up and moved it like four blocks down to the golden triangle. It was this huge event. And um, it took a lot of work to actually get it on the truck and bricks were falling off of it. And it was this huge city event. And about that whole week, like stuff was going crazy. Um, My coworker and my former roommate, um, she had been seeing like dark shadows dart and it was really scaring her. She was born and raised Catholic. So um, I thought they were kind of, you know, not channeling her, but they were definitely focused on her. Um, And there is this artist who lived like right behind our carriage house, which is the gift, um, gift shop. And I went to talk to him and he's like, it's the weirdest thing. When they picked up the building, all of the clocks in our apartment building stopped. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, this is an atomic clock. And he brought it out and it was frozen, which can't happen with an atomic clock. No, it's not supposed to. No. And so um, that day I went to go close the house as I usually do. And um, I always had this habit of after I turned off all the lights in the kitchen, I'd look. And there was this entity standing in the butler's pantry. And I had just seen... That stupid, scary movie lights out like two days before. And I definitely say, go look at the trailer. It is so creepy. Um, The ending really ruins the movie because then it's not scary. But this entity they present is very scary, like seven feet tall, dark, pokey fingers. And that was standing in the doorway. And I freaked out and I ran to put the code to the alarm in. And it said, can't alarm movement in the kitchen. Uh... so I, I I ran out of the building grabbed my coworker who had been there for 14 years and said please come in with me and so she came in and she went into the kitchen she's not afraid of anything I was literally hiding behind her like a child and she goes hey we want to go home and we're tired so just knock it off and she went and she was able to alarm the house and it was all good but that thing that I saw in the doorway was so like just pulled from that movie that it led me to believe it was a boggart. Oh. And it was taking on something fresh in my mind that had scared me. So, um, and I don't think, I know all of the entities in that house. It was not connected to the house, but it's just weird that it happened on that day in particular, in that week where everything was going wrong.
0: That I mean, that makes sense. Uh, for people that don't know,
1: what is a bogart. A bogart, I believe, is from Gaelic... Mythology, and if you're a Harry Potter fan, I was gonna say nerd, (laughs) (laughs) they definitely show that. But um, it's a creature that takes on um, the appearance of whatever scares you the most. Mm -hmm. And the two things that scare me the most are lightning and ice. So it'd be really hard for a creature to embody lightning or ice because I slip on ice and get hurt all the time, and I'm just terrified of being struck by lightning. So, I think that's why it picked that movie creature from my brain. Huh.
0: Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not.
1: So, it's not my favorite, but it was definitely the scariest one I had, where, like, your blood runs cold, and you're tingly, and you can't think, and you're just trying to get out of, like, fight uh. or flight. You're just trying to get out of
0: there. Yeah. That's... Yeah. No. Oh, that's so scary. No, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, when you come across... Because they're almost
0: not even... They're... They're such a weird, it's like saying banshees are just ghosts. They're they're like yeah. a different level.
1: Otherworldly.
0: Yeah. Definitely. There,
1: there's a little like, bit
0: something more.
1: I think they're these beings that are as old as the earth itself. Yes. And so like you're saying, they give off different energies. Where like if it's a spirit, you're like, oh, you were once human. I can feel that humanity in you. And these ones, you're like, oh, you're like a wild animal, or something yes. completely different. I'm gonna give you your space and freak out.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk away slowly and not take my eyes off of you until I'm safe and I can run away.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the only time there's been a bad one that I could feel in a Molly Brown House Museum because everyone <laughs> else is super chill. <laughs>
0: that's interesting.
1: And what what was the place that got moved again? Um, The Kirkland Museum, so it's the Kirkland Museum of Fine Art. Um, He was an artist, Mm -hmm. and his studio was there from, like, 1904 till 2018 when it was moved. And It's a really cool museum. My favorite part, because I'm a terrible person, is no kids under 16 are allowed. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, Another
0: thing I wanted to pick your brain about, so so much during the Molly Brown episode and we couldn't that wasn't the point of the episode, but you're kind of like the point of this episode, so I get to ask you questions. Yes, of course. I want to hear about your haunted exhibit that
1: you did. Cool. The one at DIA? Yeah. Sweet. So Denver International Airport asked us to help them with a haunted Denver exhibit And the Margaret Brown House Museum is very much like they want to be historic as possible and hush, hush about any haunting. So um, what I decided to do in the direction we decided to go was showing what a big part of Victorian culture hauntings were. Mm -hmm. So how I set it up was um, we talked about when Margaret went to Egypt, which was actually in 1912. Okay. And this is the anniversary because Titanic would sink April 14th. Oh, we oh,
0: So yeah. right
1: here. Um, but she was in Egypt, and she went to this palm reader, and he said, I see you surrounded by bodies and water. And this was a palm reader in Cairo, and she didn't really believe in that. She was huh. pretty, you know, logical. But it freaked her out enough to get a Yushakti, which is um, – they are helpers in the afterlife. They're the little blue Egyptian statues okay. that pharaohs will be bar- buried with. Um, and so then, like, a day after that palm reading, she got a telegraph that her first grandchild was gravely ill. Mm. So she wanted to book the first passage she could to America, and that's just so happened to be the SS Titanic. RMS oh. Titanic. Not the SS. That's that minnow. Anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, on the Titanic there was a mummy and Margaret brought back so many artifacts and all of her travels to the Denver Museum of Nature and Science so it's never been confirmed but I believe that mummy was hers and she was intentionally trying to bring it back to the Museum of Nature and Science oh interesting mm-hmm. so I don't know if that doesn't really answer what you asked no but I love that story that's amazing um, but so in the exhibit, I had a Ushapti to show that. And Margaret also, um, she was in the time of spiritualism. So at her house, she did have mediums come for parties. And so I had a palmistry hand in there and we had playing cards, which were from the original collection. Cause a lot of times in the 1800s, people didn't have access to the Rider Waite tarot deck. Mm-hmm. So they would do tarot with actual playing cards. So that's why we had those in there. And yeah, it was just about um, seances in the 1800s and different practices that were common, but now people kind of shy away from. Everyone thinks the Victorian era was super rigid, which it was in many ways. Yeah. But they were more open spiritually than we are now.
0: Oh, totally. Uh, you were telling me about one of the spirit boards Do you
1: Yeah. So I had the pleasure of, for that exhibit, we worked with, um, the Denver talking board society. And so they loaned us two of the earliest talking boards that were ever manufactured. So, um, we had those spirit boards in the exhibit, which was great. I'm, I'm making notes. Oh, no worries. They're great. Contact them. Um, Merch runs it. It is his passion. He's a great guy. And, um, the woman who named the Ouija board actually lived about a block away from Margaret Brown. Yes! We and talked her about her Her name was Helen Peters Noseworthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she named it the Ouija board.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, we talked about her a little bit on the, we did a Ouija board episode with the admins a little yeah. ways back. And I was like,
1: this is my nerd thing! She's in Denver! She's buried in Fairmont Cemetery, and if you haven't seen her gravestone, it's worth the trip because it looks like Ouija board. I've seen
0: pictures, but I have a strong feeling it's just, it's not the same.
1: Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. And um, so if you were to go to Denver, there's Pub on Penn, and if you go back in time, it would be the building next to Pub on Pen, which okay. was where her house used to stand.
0: Um so add that to the tour when we get up there exactly (laughs) because i kind of have to that sounds amazing and that
1: building itself has a lot of weird claims and attracts a lot of interesting residents so what
0: what would you say is your favorite location in denver other than the molly brown house i'm not gonna let you cheat and use that one
1: um Mine would be, and it's a shocker, Lodo's Bar and Grill, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> the original Lodo's Bar and Grill, because that was the best brothel west of the Mississippi. Um, it was the House of Mirrors, and um, oh. they've kind of enveloped it, so they built off the side of it and gutted the inside, which kills me, but that was Maddie Silk's brothel. Oh. Before that, it was Laura Evans. She bought it from Laura Evans, and if you talk to anyone who works there, they just have stories for days. And that was my favorite. So I did two tours um, with Denver History Tours. We had the Lodo Tour and the Cap Hill Tour. And my favorite was the Lodo Tour because it was a little darker and more for the adults and mm-hmm. capitalized in the red light district. That sounds, add that to the list. Nice. And it's kind of like, I don't want to say I hope your podcast is marked as explicit because it's kind of a douche bar, a little <laughs> bit like you know the types the chads go there. But um, two women actually killed themselves within the walls, so oh, that shit. activity is definitely still there.
0: Like working
1: girls kind of thing, probably. Um. So when it was a brothel, uh, there was one lady, and she had just finished <clears throat> business. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, I love you. With <laughs> the
1: police chief, and it was Christmas Eve, and she he was tying his shoes, and then he heard his revolver click, and she shot herself in the head. And then there was another woman in 1913 who hung herself on the back staircase. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and then we had our own Jack the Ripper, which was a very creative name known as Jack the Strangler. Yes. And he, like, haunted all of the red light district and killed three women. You were telling me about
0: him and I had never heard about him until you brought him up to me. And I was yep. like, what? What? I'm like, <laughs> I had to go tell uh, other friends in the art center and interrupt their work to go, holy shit, have you ever
1: heard of this? And no. Jack the Ripper. He's um, He was never caught, but he only killed women who were immigrants. What? <laughs> yeah he killed a german worker um a french worker and the first japanese worker on the line as it was called her name was kiku wow uh-huh.
0: huh and we i mean i hate to go into like gruesome details but was it similar to how jack the ripper kind of dicks he's kind of known for his
1: uh i yeah he gutting? was really Brutality? gruesome um, I think their similarities are in dress. So he always okay. was dressed to the nines, top hat, and whatnot. But he killed his women all in the same um, kind of method. He usually wraps something around their neck, usually one of their items of clothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like camisole or um, stockings. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny how that gets, that moniker gets reused over and over again Anytime. Yeah, and Remember he would escape
1: um, in the alley between Market Street and Blake Street. So he was never apprehended. Oh, he escaped. So, like, people, the he was n- never caught. He would wow. kill him and then sneak out the back door, which is really weird. I'm not sure how the professor, which was the professor was a name for a bouncer back in the day. <laughs> I'm oh. not sure how they didn't stop him, but.
0: I mean, probably rich white guy. Rest of the nines yeah. exactly you, you, you didn't take extra notice mm-hmm. or you didn't say anything at the very least mm-hmm. huh yeah we're gonna go there yes i'm just like <laughs> adding to your list of things
1: and blake street was denver's chinatown which everyone goes denver had a chinatown and we did before yeah. the hop alley riot which was terrifying it was um when everyone came from Auraria, which is literally across the Cherry Creek in Denver. Yeah. They were, um, Auraria is like two years older than Denver, but they were rival towns till Denver enveloped Auraria. And so, um, there was this angry mob that was mad that the Chinese were doing really good business. And so they stormed all of Lake Street and set it on fire Oh my God! and hung a Chinese man from a light post that's supposed to be a ghost you can see on a full moon in october you can supposedly see his shadow hanging and swaying um but the women of market street opened their doors to all of the fleeing chinese and fought off the crowd for two days with high heels bricks and champagne bottles holy shit Mm -hmm. Wait, wait when was this Ooh, dates, I've gotten so rusty. Um, I want to say 1889. Oh, Right wow. around there. It was prior to the Chinese Exclusion Act. But
0: yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I can tell you, you know, here, history, and blah, blah, blah. Denver, I'm like, I know nothing, next to nothing about, really, other than how it connects to, like, places down here.
1: And it's a lot darker than people want to say. Yeah, I'm like yeah. holy crap, I'm like, that's the
0: big city. But I mean that mm-hmm. that that's not bad. We we you know, we had all our fun stuff down here, but holy crap. hmm Wow. No, not another one I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, the Hop Alley riot. Hop alley rally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the workers in Auraria worked at the um, brewery. So I think that's why it was called Hop Alley. I'm not exactly sure on that. Huh.
0: Mhm. Huh. I'm just like. It's one of those horrible things when you're like, "Crap! How did I not know about that?" And then you know, our because education, in American history, sucks. we
1: don't treat racism. No, no, no.
0: As someone that went to school to be a history teacher, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, getting back to the podcast. When? Sh- so it's coming out April 30th? Yep, in the morning on April 30th. Nice. Is it going to be like a mm-hmm. weekly thing? Is it going to be bi-weekly once a month, whenever you get it out?
1: I am um, going between bi-weekly and monthly, just depending on my research. That's <laughs> so I like to make sure that I have it all in order. So if anyone asks a question, I can answer it. So I think um bi-weekly mm-hmm. nice. or monthly, I'm still deciding. <laughs> I will say doing it weekly is difficult. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: I have a friend that does a daily one, and it's just like... I don't uh,
1: know how they would do that.
0: Uh-uh. Tanya, if you're listening, I love you, but I I, I can barely get one ones a week done. <laughs> I don't know how she does it daily. <laughs> but um awesome and so the idea is friday mornings at the very least kind of thing Mm -hmm. awesome well we're definitely gonna you have to like tag me and things and we'll definitely share it in the group as well awesome because i have a feeling we're gonna i mean we're definitely gonna be on each other's podcasts a lot more oh yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be doing this quite a bit
1: i want to have you on because you always mention growing up in a haunted house so i want to have you on to find out all about that
0: fuck yeah that'll be fun oh yeah Mm -hmm. like i i I will say i think one of my new favorite uh moments with you is you making sure the podcast was explicit so you could say douchebag
1: (laughs) i don't know i i want to be polite (laughs)
0: Well my answer to that usually is is it okay if I swear? I'm like, Yes, of course it's okay if you fucking swear.
1: <laughs> swear away. Yeah, totally Fuck down yeah. for
0: that. Um Well my dear, yeah. I think I mean we literally have been talking for half an hour, hour before the podcast even started. <laughs> so
1: Yes. That uh, seems to be a theme with us.
0: We do, we get we get to talking and it gets dangerous for like everybody's time and schedule. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Um, but thank you so much for being on. The podcast is The Haunted Insider coming out April 30th. We will share it everywhere. I'm so excited. I'm so excited and proud of you. Oh
1: my God. Thank you so much for helping me. (laughs) I didn't do that
0: much. I really didn't. But.
1: Anchor's a huge help. Shameless
0: (laughs) plugs. It's like stupid easy. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Until something stupid happens. Otherwise, it's stupid easy.
1: Oh, yeah. It's very us technology, which is (laughs) good.
0: Which is funny because uh, my uh, computer, they don't have an Anchor app on the computer. Oh, no. So uh, you can get it on your browser. And it says that it will film or record for uh, 30 minutes at a time. But it was only doing for like the Thompson's episode. It kept cutting out at five.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, I'm at like 14 and it looks like it's almost done. I'm like, no, no, no. I have more for you. <laughs>
0: oh, no. I know. Yeah. And segments are the best thing in the world. And see, we're getting off track again. So, uh. Thank you again, dear. I'm going to end the podcast and we'll talk more about this. So, bye.
1: bye. Thank you.
0: A big thank you for everyone out there listening today. If you like the podcast, please make sure to tell your friends about it, especially if you want the show to keep going. A big thank you to the amazing Bella Brujita for being on the show. I'm so excited for her podcast. It's called The Haunted Insider. She has a Facebook group, so definitely go check that out. We have been joking about starting our own Colorado Paranormal Podcast Network at this point. We'll see what happens. Uh, I will also make sure to share the links in the My Haunted Life Podcast group as well. If you have a ghost story to share Don't forget to drop me a line at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. You never know, you might end up on the podcast. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please subscribe to the Patreon page. Podcasting is surprisingly time consuming with all the research, tech issues, which I have a lot of, and scheduling, and it just starts adding up. I would love for the podcast to one day pay for itself, if that makes sense. So, you can support the show for as little as $2 a day. I'm sorry, a month. Speaking of tech issues. And that's it for the show. I'll see you all next week on my Haunted Life podcast. Bye!